Hi, I'd like to welcome you to our show. I'm your host, Prang Medic. We're talking about life as a child of God and all things related to his kingdom. Thanks for joining us. If you're a new listener to the show, you can find articles and books and other resources on my website, www.prangmedic.com. Now let's jump into this week's show. Something has been weighing on my mind for a long time, and I wanted to write a blog post about this, but it's too long, too big of a subject to write a blog post about. And it comes down to this question of, does God sovereignly accomplish his will? And what is our part in making his plans come to pass? It's a big question, and I'm going to try to unpack that in this message. So, most of us know there are Bible verses that say things like, God watches over his word to perform it. That God makes his plans come to pass. Now, I have a lot of Christian friends who send me emails and messages and they say, look, you know, I've received prophetic words that I'm going to have a healing ministry. Or they say, I've received prophetic revelation that I'm going to have a business. And I'm wondering when God is going to make this happen. The prophet, the man of God told me that God is sending a woman that's going to be the woman of my dreams and she's going to be a Proverbs 31 woman and I've been waiting for that to happen and it hasn't happened. So when is God going to make it happen? And my response to this is generally kind of the same thing. I asked him a question. What are you doing to make that come to pass? Um, People who've had desire or prophetic words or dreams about having a healing ministry. My question to you is, have you taken any classes on healing? Have you got any instruction? Are you doing any training and equipping? Are you actually going out in the streets and praying for people? Are you going to the shopping malls? Are you praying for people? Because if you don't get the training, get the knowledge and step out and start practicing, your healing ministry is never going to come to pass. Even though God has a plan a desire for you to have a healing ministry, if you do not take the initiative to get trained and equipped and step out and pray for people, it's never going to happen. You have to cooperate with God's plan. All right, that's just one simple illustration. I have friends who have had prophetic words about businesses. When is God going to make this business come to pass? When is he going to bless me with all these financial blessings that the prophets of God have been telling me about? Well, You know, if you don't actually sit down and get a business license and put together a business plan and go through the work of creating this business, it's never going to come to pass. You have a responsibility to partner with God to make his plans come to pass. God is not going to sovereignly make these things come to pass. Now, um, just give you an illustration for myself. When I started having dreams about eight, nine years ago. Early on, I had a lot of dreams about healing. And I had some dreams where God was showing me that he wanted to use me to solve murder cases, cold cases, through prophetic revelation. In the dreams, I saw myself giving information to FBI agents about cold cases. I was given street addresses. I was giving detailed detailed information about cold cases that, that had been you know, they didn't have any leads on. They didn't have any any evidence. No arrests were made. 
So in these dreams, God was showing me, I want to use you to help solve these murder cases. Now, Denise and I talked about this back then, and she said, uh, no, <laughs> I don't want any part of that. That's too dangerous. No, you're not going to do that. So God gave me a revelation, a plan about something he wanted me to, to do, and I chose not to do it. Did God make his plan come to pass through me? No, because I chose not to cooperate with him and make that happen. So what happened? He gave it to somebody else. He gave that assignment to someone else who would cooperate with him in making it come to pass. Now, I want to read to you uh, the parable of the talents. Okay, I'm just going to read real quick. This is Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30. Jesus said, For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, and to another he gave two, and to a third he gave one, to each according to his own ability, and then immediately he went on a journey. Now, I want to make a little commentary here. God did not give to them according to their needs. He gave to them according to their ability. Now, what does Marxism teach? It teaches that we should give to each according to their need. Because Marxism and socialism believes that everyone should have the exact same amount, no, no matter who they are. Everyone gets according to their needs. But see, Jesus says here in this kingdom parable, that's not how the kingdom of heaven works. You don't receive according to your needs. You receive according to your ability. And everyone has different abilities and talents and gifts. And we all receive differently. God is not a socialist. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. All right, so I'm going to continue in verse... Uh, 16. Then he who had received five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. Wait a minute. He took five talents and he like invested them and made five more talents? That sounds like capitalism. Hang on. <laughs> and likewise, he who had two talents took them and gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled his accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came, brought the five more, and said, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. God rewards people who take risks. It's a risk when you take your five talents and you invest and you... Uh, take it and you apply it and try to make more, you're taking risks. God rewards people who take risk. He rewards people who are obedient, who are faithful. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. What God asks from us is faithfulness. He wants us to be faithful to the calling and the talents and the gifting that he's given us. He wants us to use them, to multiply them. The kingdom of God is all about multiplication. He also who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into joy of your Lord. 
Then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard uh, man, reaping where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, here is what you have. It is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I haven't sown, and I gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, that when I return, I would at least receive interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're taking away a talent from one person and giving it to somebody who's already wealthy and has more? That's like reverse distribution of wealth. You can't take money from people who don't have much and give it to the rich. What is that all about? See, the kingdom of God is not about socialism and wealth distribution. The kingdom of God rewards people who are faithful, and it punishes people who are lazy and wicked. That's what Jesus called him, lazy and wicked servant. If you are lazy and you are wicked, you are not going to be given more. You have to be faithful. That is how you multiply, and that is how you grow in the kingdom. I'm sorry. If you're a Bernie supporter and you like socialism, this message is really not going to sit well with you. But God is not a socialist. The thing to take away from this is the fact that God gives us talents, abilities, gifts. He gives us revelation. He gives us a, a vision of what he wants us to accomplish. And then it is up to us to partner with him to make it come to pass. God does not sovereignly make his plans come to pass without our cooperation. We have to work, invest we have to spend our time making these things happen. I have a number of people that God gives me revelation about. If you've heard my previous messages, you know that I'm something like God's tow truck. Whenever someone, whenever God has chosen someone to do something and that person is having some difficulty understanding what it is that God wants to do with them, he will send out people like me. There are many people like me. He'll send them out. He'll give us dreams and revelation about their assignment. And he'll send us out to contact those people and help them understand what God's plan is, what his heart is for their assignment. And he'll give us revelation. We pray for them. We encourage them. And we help them understand what their assignment is. I've been doing this for a long time. This is like a major part of what I do. And I have many people, and I would almost call them clients except that they don't pay me. Actually, I typically help them financially. I support them financially because I, I believe in what it is that they're doing. When God gives me an assignment for somebody, I like to support them financially. So I, I can call them clients, but you know, whatever. They're just people that God puts on my radar. I, I had a client who God gave me revelation about what he wanted that person to do. I was giving that person the revelation. I was helping them understand what it looked like. And they started to obey it. And they were walking in it. And it was coming to pass. And they were building this, this operation that God had planned. Initially, this person needed some help. So he recruited some people to help him. And the people who got involved in the beginning were good people. They understood God's heart. They understood God's vision for this. And they were helping this person build this, or, this operation. But then the person that I was, who was my client, had some problems with those people and replaced them with somebody else. 
that person did not have a revelation of God's heart and his plan because probably the enemy didn't want God's plan to succeed. So the enemy came and sowed tares into the wheat. And the, per, the people who came in to help, the second group of people, didn't have God's heart, didn't have God's plan, and they began to sabotage the work that God wanted to do. It didn't take very long before this whole operation started to go off track, and it started to self-destruct and implode. And right now, it's kind of a flaming wreck. Because the person, my client, made some bad decisions along the way and wasn't following God's plan in his heart the way he should have. So if you're not going to follow God's plan, God's plan isn't going to come to pass. Now, in the aftermath of that, God gave me revelation about the same kind of plan, but for he wanted someone else to be involved in it. He was like, okay, well, if that person's not going to do it, I'll give it to somebody else. I'll take that talent from that person and I will give it to someone else. So God has shown me a someone else who is going to be given an opportunity to do the same things that first client was asked to do. And we'll see if that's going to come to pass. God still wants that plan to come about. He wants that operation to succeed. But if one person isn't going to be faithful to it, God will find somebody else. And he'll bring that person in and he'll give people like me revelation, understanding about what that plan is supposed to look like. God is still working on this thing. So I'm going to go back to the Bible here just for a second and give you an illustration. When Judas was chosen as one of the 12 disciples, you know, theologians argue, think, Jesus must have known that Judas was going to be a traitor. Why did Jesus pick Judas knowing he was going to be a traitor? Right? So why did God pick someone like my client who he knew he could foresee wasn't going to make this thing come to pass? He could see it was going to crash and burn. Why did God give me the revelation to this person who was going to fail? Why did God pick Judas as one of the disciples or one of the apostles? I don't know. But I will say this. When Judas allowed the enemy to get inside his head, it destroyed the plan that God had for Judas. But still, God will always give you an assignment, a calling, your talents and your gifts, and it's up to you to make that work out. If you let the enemy come in and get in your head and mess you up, it's not going to come to pass. But God will always give us opportunities We need to seize the opportunities and we need to partner with God and make them come to pass. Now, here's a question. When Judas killed himself and took him out of God's plan, who did God replace him with? Well, the disciples went and cast lots and they chose another apostle. But some theologians would argue that the apostle Paul was chosen to replace Judas. Now, Here in the 21st century, we all know the Apostle Paul was this great teacher, preacher, father of the church, theologian. But when God chose the Apostle Paul, he was not this man. He was a very hard-headed, stubborn man. He was persecuting the church. He was imprisoning believers and having them tortured. I'm going to read to you Acts chapter 9, a couple of verses real quick. 
Now, there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And Ananias said, Lord, I'm here. And the Lord said, Arise, go to the street called Straight. Inquire at the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, might as Ananias argued against God, and said, Lord, I've heard from many people about this man, how much harm he's done to your saints in Jerusalem, and here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call upon your name. So Ananias is like, Lord, this guy is not a church leader. He hates us. He's persecuting us. You can't possibly be choosing him as a leader. So the Lord says to Ananias, Go, he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him the many things he must suffer for my namesake. So God chooses this guy who is like the most unlikely person to be the next apostle. Store that in the back of your mind. Because when God calls somebody to carry out the assignment that he gave to somebody else, it may not be the person that you're thinking it's supposed to be. You may look at this person who's going to pick up the uh, baton and keep running with it and think, wow, this person is unqualified, rough around the edges, immature. I can't receive from this person. They're a mess. Are you serious? We're supposed to follow this person? That's what the disciples were thinking when God chose Saul of Tarsus. God is carrying on the plans that he had Right now, he is rebuilding. He is bringing people together. He has already chosen some leaders. And some of those people may not look the way you think they should look. They may not behave the way you expect them to behave. But think about this. Before Saul of Tarsus was able to be a church leader, by his own admission, he went to the desert of Arabia for 13 years and was discipled by God. And God taught him and retrained his brain and renewed his mind to the truth before he could be used to teach the churches. He had a long time of instruction from God. God picks people and we have to be patient and we have to give them time to mature. We have to give them time to fit into their shoes that God's given them. They're not going to get it right away. They're going to miss it. They're going to make mistakes and they're going to do dumb things. But, you know, I've already seen that God is is choosing people to continue what we are doing in the aftermath of some very difficult things. So that's how we carry on. We stick together. We lean on each other. We pray for each other. We support one another. We come together in love. And we give the new leaders some time to figure it out and to get their act together. Pray for everyone involved. I'm out of here. I'll catch you tomorrow on Supernatural Saturday. Love you guys. Well, folks, that is our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for dropping by. If you're new to the podcast and you haven't been to my website, you might drop by and check out the articles I have there. If you have any questions or comments about the show, you can contact me at admin at prayingmedic.com. That's A-D-M-I-N at prayingmedic.com. 
You can also contact me on Facebook and Twitter. I'd like to thank you again for dropping by. I hope you enjoyed the show.